0: Good day, everyone. Welcome to episode 20 of Unboxing the Faith. For most of us, what we know of Saint Joseph is that he was a carpenter. And that's about it. So in this episode, we have Father Frederick Joseph to share with us about this wonderful saint because there is so much more about him that is awesome. Let us begin.
1: What do you believe? Organ. Eucharist. Saints.
0: Christmas. Tradition. Sacraments.
1: Hymns. Trinity. Easter. Mary. I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church.
0: Our faith is not a question of I think. It's a question of Jesus Christ has taught us through the church. Okay, welcome, Father. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us today. And some of our parishioners in KA will definitely remember you from when you were a visiting priest in the chapel helping out Father Mitchell. So how have you been since then?
1: I'm good, Ian. Yeah, it has already been more than 10 years uh, since I left uh, KA and then uh, moving around and keeping well. Um, Also observing my diet, I suppose, <laughs> <laughs> and exercise, uh, keeping fit, to serve in, par- in the parish of St. Saint Joseph, St. Tull.
0: Mm-hmm. Alright, so th- yes, thank you for saying yes to us. Let's us begin with the episode. Lah. Okay. Um, to start off the episode, maybe let's just uncover a little bit more about St. Joseph and his earthly life. Cause, We want to talk about things that we know about him, yes? And also things we don't know about him. So, who he was and what he did.
1: Yeah, Saint Joseph is uh, commonly known as uh, husband of Mary, which uh, the feast will be celebrating on the 20th of March uh, this year. And of course, uh, as a father of uh, Jesus, uh, fostered father of Jesus. And also Saint Joseph uh, as the worker. Uh, whose Feast we will celebrate on the 1st of May every year in conjunction with the Labor Day. Mm -hmm. So Joseph, being a father, is a perfect example of giving himself heart and soul through life and work to God. Uh, Very committed in that sense, uh, obedient to the will of God. And I used to call him as a silent witness, not objecting to what the angel of the Lord uh, told him in his dream of where to go and what to do, and he followed uh, obediently. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, followed obediently, that defines a loving husband and father as well. A, father, a husband and a father has also have to have a sense of obedience. Now most importantly, at the heart of the household of Nazareth uh, is Mary. Mary is the key figure who is the beloved wife of Joseph, and the mother of Jesus. And observing that God had joined them together in a real marriage, and this is what Pope Leo XIII wrote in his uh, document called uh, Quam Quam Fluris, which the only encyclical later we have on Saint Joseph. Mm-hmm. What he said was, uh, when God gave Joseph as a husband to the Virgin Mary, he gave them a companion in life, a witness to her maidenhood, a guardian of her honour, going back to Nazareth with Joseph, where he teaches us what family life is. It is a sacred institution of the Creator and foundation for church and society. And the Pope invites us to let us learn from Nazareth that the formation received at home is gentle and irreplaceable and therefore it is worth noting the role of uh, Joseph as the husband and father
0: mm-hmm. all right yeah so the follow up question to that is that yes he has his responsibilities he has his role but how significant how significant was that role because for one people might think that because people might think that he's not significant because he's rarely found in the Bible but you've just given one example uh, where the angel appeared to him so how significant was St. Joseph?
1: Yeah, St. Joseph although he's uh, very silent in the scripture but uh, it is uh, clearly manifested in the life of Jesus in the the life of Jesus where you see um, Jesus is so full of charity that he can never refuse anyone who come to him. The sick, the outcasts, the rejected, the lonely and including the children and that shows uh, Jesus is a man of charity and where did these virtues come from? Definitely it is from Joseph and Mary who's the father and mother of Jesus during the earthly life. Now, Now apart from being the son of God Jesus now, he definitely would have learned all these good virtues from Joseph and Mary as a human person. And that is why as a husband, as a father, he has really clearly shown the love of God. Maybe what we say, the natural love mm, that God has uh, showing to the people. Remember the uh, Gospel of John that says, God is love and love is God and clearly manifested in the life of Joseph which uh, passed on to uh, Jesus who was the Son of God
0: mm-hmm. So he's definitely significant
1: lah. Definitely, yeah. I'm sure he's definitely <laughs> 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 yeah. Okay,
0: yeah Alright, so actually now we want to um, head into the times where St. Joseph was actually mentioned in the Bible
1: Because mm-hmm.
0: I feel like when he's mentioned in the Bible, he's always with the Holy Family Yes right? Uh, so maybe Father, you can help share how Saint Joseph is a good model, as you mentioned, for an earthly father and a man of the house,
1: so to speak An earthly father, man of the house, I think it's more of obedience and responsibility okay now along with obedient responsibility comes also the main important character of a human person to be a just and righteous person now As we all know in the litany of Saint Joseph, eh, Saint Joseph, a just man, Saint Joseph, the righteous man. And this is very clearly written in the tradition of the church of being a just man and a righteous man. Now to become a uh, leader of a family, one has to be just, just and also be righteous to bring out and nurture the family in the right and proper way. Most importantly, we who are Christians, or Catholics, we believe that God makes the institution of a family as his own and leading us to the kingdom that he has built for us, right? So being a just man, if you see the Gospel of Matthew, Clearly describes Jesus as uh, Joseph as a just man, right? Where in which the language of the Bible uh, means one who loves and respects the law as the expression of God. Very clearly written, and like Mary, Joseph too was visited by an angel who appeared to him in a dream, and again like Mary, Joseph. Said yes mm-hmm. to the angel and revealed that the child she bore was conceived by the Holy Spirit. So that yes made a lot of difference in the life of Mary as well as Joseph. And these special characteristics of Joseph uh, were being a just man, being a righteous man. Uh, always remain in the background. It's always hidden, right? Not popularly, clearly written in the scripture, but it is always at the uh, background. And how humbly and faithfully he led the childhood of Jesus and until Jesus entered the public ministry. Mm -hmm. Now, no word of his is recorded in the gospel. And I'm sure you're aware of that also, huh? No, it's not a single word. is not even mentioned after the finding of Christ in the temple. All right? Now, probably by the time Jesus began his public life, at the wedding in Cana, Joseph had already passed in the next life. Okay, that, that's according to the uh, tradition. Although we do not know exactly when and where he died. And the place of his burial remains a mystery. Mm-hmm. Till today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I
0: think one of the nicest things that you've mentioned there was we normally remember Mary's fiat. Yeah. Yeah, Ma- remember Mary's yes. yes. But o- we always for- tend to forget that Saint Joseph also had a really uh, amazing fiat. right? He also had to um, basically break the law uh, can I say break the law <laughs> because he was supposed to divorce Mary right yes. yeah but then he said when the angel appeared to him he said okay I'll go through with this he also said yes, yes. I think that's very beautiful yeah. as well Yeah.
1: I suppose that that yes actually uh, stimulates his faith huh? mm. and as well as also uh, brought to mind of his obedience to the will of God mm. and being uh, being people of the Old Testament where, you know, transition from the Old Testament to the New Testament, I'm sure he would have been well-educated uh, nurtured in the Old Testament scriptures where they are uh, imbued with this teaching of the obedient to the will of God. Yeah. So never will ever cross their mind to be disobedient to the word that God has given.
0: Mm-hmm. It also showed that he's a man of faith. Because 100 yeah, yes, uh, percent he trusted the, the words of the angel and went with it.
1: yeah yeah, that's true. Hmm. And that's why one, one of it is I think amazing, I find amazing is that uh, you know when this uh, the Roman missal that uh, came out during the pontificate of uh, the late Pope Benedict XVI you know, Joseph of course, was given a prominent place in the church, but was his name was never included in the Eucharistic prayer in all the Eucharistic prayers, but it is only during the Pontificate of Francis that he said the name of uh, Joseph must be mentioned in every Eucharistic prayer. So I think uh, our Holy Father, he knows it too well. The role of uh, Joseph being a husband and father, being a patron saint uh, for many of us and most importantly his prominent role in the salvation history hmm. though it is hidden and silent
0: yeah. yeah prominent role okay we must remember that dear listeners <laughs> 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 all right let's move on shall we okay okay we want to head to our favorite library and in our podcast we love to quote the ccc okay and we are potentially talking about something controversial here but we will We'll head on to it, okay? okay? So in CCC 372, it says, Men and women were made for each other. Not that God let them, uh, left them half-made or incomplete. He created them to be a communion of persons in which each can be helpmates to each other. For they are equal as persons, bones of my bones, and complementary as masculine and feminine. Now, there's more to, to this, um, to this, uh, there's more to this paragraph, but for now, we just stop right there. Lah. Okay? Just very briefly, looking at the role of St. Joseph and looking at the role of Mother Mary in the Holy Family, there seems to be a very distinct difference in the role of a man and also a role in a woman. But unfortunately, it just seems like there's a slow phasing out of masculinity in the Church. So, Father, I just want to ask you, what are your thoughts about the importance of having the, both the masculine figure and also the feminine figure in the building up of a church?
1: It's interesting, Ian, that you asked me this question today, because uh, today our parish just celebrated uh, International Women's Day. And uh, in my uh, part of the homily, I preached on how uh, to imagine a gender equal world where a world of free of bias, uh, stereotypes and discrimination, a world that's diverse, equitable and inclusive, where a world where difference is valued and celebrated and together we can forge women's equality. Every man and women who are married, they will definitely know when the wedding mass is celebrated, there is a nuptial blessing. Right? In the nuptial blessing is clearly written of how men to see women as his equal heir. Not as a slave, not as a second partner or an alternative partner, but as an equal heir to the life of God. And this, the church has always in her wisdom has emphasized equality between men and women. Too bad we have caught up in male chauvinistic society or male dominated uh, politics. But I suppose things are changing with uh, the women forging changes and uh, also making a difference in the society. Where I also said in the mass today that, correct me if I'm wrong, that 80% who serve in the church are women compared to men. It is the 20% made up of men and yet they are the prominent leaders, not the women, right? Now, if you see in the life of uh, Joseph, I think he very well respected women Mm -hmm. in all aspects, right? First, as you know that he wanted to let go of Mary, okay, because she was pregnant by the Holy Spirit and two things maybe were running in his mind one could be his own humiliation which he could face from the society or secondly mary could face humiliation from the society as the per jewish custom that women who get pregnant without a man will be stoned to death right so both ways but whatever it is joseph being a man of wisdom a just man and a righteous man he did the right thing By accepting mary into his life and following the will of god now all throughout her life i suppose he would have treated her equally right as a wife as a mother and her role in the little village where they were staying and whatever she did uh, during their marriage right so looking at that being a just man and a righteous man He would not definitely undermine the role of Mary uh, in the plan of salvation. Mm -hmm. Definitely, he would would not have undermined. He would have gone along with the plan of salvation. Mm -hmm. So, a man of that, who at that point of time could have said, living in a uh, masculinity society, that as the husband, as the father, I should be the prominent person but no until the end it is as per according to the will of god mary is the one that should be recognized as the mother of god mm-hmm. so he allowed mary to take the role of what she's supposed to take and give her the prominence mm-hmm. in today's society we need to understand that we need to be equal women are as strong as men so i was men i was joking with them i said i hope that liverpool to set up women's (laughs) (laughs) team because i'm a fan of liverpool right (laughs) so in every uh, you know women entering into football back in 60s or 50s it is a taboo right but today it is not women playing basketball uh, women were known to play netball and badminton yes but entering into football basketball all the sports that are supposed to be manly sports now women equally can participate including weightlifting and what more today in the work uh, in the in whatever organizations uh, uh, corporate world women known to be much much better and brighter than men are in today's society. I think my take on this is that we learn to respect, we learn to honour, and we learn how to live as equal in this world. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: If one wants to be a superior than the other, then the superiority will not reach anywhere. I think I have a very clear take on that. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah. But as you mentioned, right, because there is this big disparity, there's eighty percent of women serving the church and then there's only the twenty percent, even though sometimes or most of the time the twenty percent it is a prominent figure. Yeah. Uh, the twenty percent male is a prominent figure. But how do we encourage young men, uh young boys to maybe take up a role? Because it might seem that Nowadays, the younger folks, a little bit complacent, Mm -hmm. or for less, less for a better word, lazy, to serve, right? Even though there is a bit of a calling there, right? So how would you approach that?
1: All right, I think um, in uh, encouraging uh, children or youngsters to participate in the church activities, both men, uh, both uh, boys and girls. you look at it in two ways, of course, first it is, is the work of the parents, the family, right? From the beginning, they nurture the children with the word of God and with the sacraments, giving importance of how it will shape the life of their children, right? And uh, as far as we know, that it has really uh, bear fruit in that sense. Secondly, the church itself, the priest and the leaders have a duty also to fulfill, to make sure that the children are properly catechized, properly encouraged and motivated. For me, I would say I would like to encourage children to participate in the liturgy. I would like to see children having their own children choir, children coming up, to be a cantor, to be a reader. It's not necessary for them only to complete confirmation, to come forth to read, or to become, uh, to cantor a psalm, but they can start as early as age of 10, after receiving First Holy Communion. I have children, even at the age of seven and eight, wanting, wanting to become an altar server, right? So we tell them, they want to join, they can join, uh, go go through all the practices and once they have received uh, communion at the age of 9 then they can serve right so it is more of initiating them and motivating them at a very early age like the initiative that we have taken in the parish of st joseph like catechism is usually for uh, 7 years and above so uh, i have initiated uh, catechism class, the nursery classes, as early as four years old. So we have set up a special room, just a play room, with uh, three teachers uh, to teach them about uh, church songs, praise and worship songs, the Bible and short-short skits and so forth. And very surprised today, uh, a mother came with a two-and-a-half-year-old uh, child and he was crying. So I asked him, Why are you crying? So the mother said, He wants to go for catechism. <laughs> so then I said, So I asked the mother, Why? So what's the problem again? No, father is only four years old. I said, You go and tell the teacher, My son interested, two years, three years, four years, go. If the child is interested, never put a stop to it. If you put a stop to it, later you will know what will be the consequences. If the child is two and a half years old and wants to join his sisters who are already in the uh, nursery class, they are four and uh, five, go ahead. And he's so interested, move. And that's how we move along with uh, the altar uh, ministry the service and uh, encouraging uh, children's mass in the season of Lent, in the season of Advent, and during the feast day and also uh, but organising events for children at a very early age. Mm -hmm. Right? And I always say, to get the children motivated again, the catechetical ministry has to adopt a new method. The methodology has to change. It is no more the classroom catechism. Right? It has to be a different approach. And that will make a lot of difference.
0: All right. So, how can men use Saint Joseph as a model to be better, or uh, uh, good holy men?
1: That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> living in a uh, living in a country where we see politicians, leaders of the leaders, are being charged for corruption, and when they take on, they swear in. They swear in the name of God, right? And uh, of course, paying allegiance to the the king and the people whom they uh, voted for. Uh, voted for. And all this, uh, even we as normal human being, we we may not be a politician, we may not be someone. Uh, prominent role in the society, but as a human person, you and I are brought up into this world by our parents and by God. And what is brought out by our parents and God is good. That's how God created the world in seven days, and after the sixth day, at the seventh day, he said, all is good. And he took a rest. So, do you think that we are a bad creation of God? Definitely not, not. Definitely not. Mm. Right? We are a good creation of God. If God created us good from the beginning, how did we get polluted along the way? Sin. Sin, money, uh, corruption, and the evil of wanting to be more powerful and wealthy. I think to be just, to be holy, to be righteous Is just to be contented with what we have What we say, in other words, saturated Uh, Do we say saturated? I'm not so sure But to be contented, what God has given me I use it rightfully for me And of course I can develop more with what I have but I don't need to steal from someone to become rich. I don't need to uh, steal from someone to become powerful. I think, for me, the policy still stands. right? Be happy, because I think my parents were, they were not poor, they were not rich. My father was the only breadwinner, and we had nine children. And yet he was a happy man. He worked all his life. He put food on the table for all the nine children. He gave education for all the nine children. And he died as a happy man. I suppose if you and I want to achieve that holiness, just we have to feel good, for God created us good, and live in that goodness. Mm. Alright.
0: Thank you, Father, for that message. Thank you. Yeah. So. Uh, to end of this episode, is there anything out there, any additional content about St. Joseph that you would like to recommend?
1: Yeah, I think I, I uh, earlier I told you that the Feast of St. Joseph this year in the Parish of St. Tool, we are focusing on uh, Joseph as a silent witness. Right? Silent witness. As I uh, told earlier, not one word of Joseph is recorded in the sacred... Uh, scripture and the sacred scripture also has said by their fruits you shall know them right by their fruits you shall know them you don't need to say many things or maybe you don't need to say at all but it is by your fruits that they will know so I like the song I can't remember who sang this song I'm sure you know I suppose You say it best when you say nothing at all. Ronan Keating. Ronan Keating, yeah. You say it best when you say nothing at all. I like to end with that by saying Joseph is a humble man, a silent witness who has taught us how to bring Christianity up to great destinies. To live as a good Christian and to live up to the name of Jesus Christ.
0: All right, thank you, Father. Now, for myself, for the listeners, uh, I'll also like to promote the novena to Saint Joseph, the patron saint of workers, because he has personally helped me as well in my journey. And when I've taken time to complete the novena, he answered my prayers, lah. Good. So yeah, so yeah. that's what I would like to promote as well to the uh, listeners out there. Alright, thank you Father again for saying yes for being a part of this podcast and for sharing all your knowledge about St. Joseph
1: Thank you Ian. Mm. I'm surprised that uh, you are touched by uh, the press. that you pray to St. Joseph uh, in part, as part of your novena and I suppose through your prayers uh, many young people because St. Joseph is not popular among young people, right? Not popular, but I suppose through this podcast and through your uh, prayers I suppose many young people will come to a proper understanding and a liking to St. Joseph.
0: Yeah, we sure hope so as well. Alright, so the listeners, we do invite you to check out the Archdiocese Lantern campaign that is currently ongoing. We'll have a link for that below. Also, Holy Week is nearing, and if you want to know more about what goes on on the, uh, on the liturgy of Holy Week, we did a podcast with Father, uh, with Father Leonard Lexon. Last year, we will also link down below. And then last but not least, you can also check out the details of the Feast of St. Joseph in Santo from their Facebook page and also their website. Now, for any parish updates, especially on our Holy Week Mass for KA, you can refer to our website and on our Facebook and Telegram accounts. Also, follow this podcast so you know when our next episode comes out. Or you can head on to the new uh, website, podcast.christusaman.org I repeat, podcast.christusaman.org to catch up on all the episodes. St. Joseph, pray for us and thank you for listening. Goodbye. Unboxing the Faith is brought to you by the Social Communications Ministry of the Chapel of Christus Aman.